and welcome to episode two of the Indy 5 podcast, your weekly countdown to the fifth and final Indiana Jones film. In a week where the leaks have stopped and the injuries have started. Yeah, things are on hold for now while Harrison Ford recovers from yet another injury he sustained while filming a movie. This week we'll be taking a deeper dive into special effects and what it means for Indiana Jones. More often than not, I would find that I would expect at least it's easier for them to react to something they can see or hear or, you know, if there's an almighty explosion in the background, then you're going you're gonna to know. <laughs> uh, you'll probably react a bit more accordingly as to, you know, a blue screen. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Dave Sanderson. This is episode two of the Indy 5 podcast, your weekly update on everything Indiana Jones 5. Now, just a quick update before we go on. We've changed the day that new episodes will be published. They'll now come out on a Monday as of this week. We'd also love to hear from you, whether you've got some info or you want to share your thoughts. You can get in touch on our Twitter feed at Indy5Pod or you can email us Indy5Pod at gmail.com. Also, we'd really, really appreciate it if you could rate and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. It would mean a lot to us. Now, it's been a bit of a different week in Indy5 land after last week where we saw quite a lot of leaks and pictures that were emerging from the set well to be honest this week couldn't be more different so let's address the elephant in the room for now Harrison Ford has hurt himself again and it looks like he's not going to be involved in the production for up to six weeks uh, now Harrison Ford is no stranger to injuring himself whilst filming movies he of course rather famously broke his leg while filming uh, The Force Awakens when a door closed on his leg and it seems that uh, this injury was sustained while rehearsing a fight scene because we know that he likes to do his own stunts and it seems that even at the age of 78 he's still very much uh, keen to play a role uh, in making sure that things look realistic by being involved uh, in, in as many action sequences as he can. Unfortunately, it sounds like he's aggravated an old injury. It sounds like a shoulder injury and uh, he might even have to have surgery on it. So it looks like the production will be suspended for around six weeks. We have seen one potential new development. This is another castle uh, that may well feature in the film. We, of course, talked quite a lot in the last episode about Bamba Castle. Well, it looks like there's another castle uh, in Scotland that may potentially be involved. This isn't confirmed that any filming has taken place there. This has come from the uh, Indiana Jones producer, Frank Marshall, who tweeted a picture of a castle uh, saying, uh, another day, another castle. Uh, it's Inverary Castle uh, in Scotland. And I have to say, it looks an awful lot like the castle from The Last Crusade, if I'm being honest. But with regards to other story leaks... It's been a very, very, very quiet week. I, we couldn't have kept up the rate of leaks that we had in the first week, the rate of pictures that we were seeing, the, the reports of people who'd, who'd watched filming and seen what was going on. It's just all stopped. And of course, this will play a, a key part in the, in the fact that Harrison Ford is, is injured. They are continuing to shoot some other sequences, as I understand it. But certainly, there's not an awful lot to report this week. You're listening to the Indy 5 podcast. And one of the things that was talked about with Indy 4 was the use of CGI. 
uh, and how it changed the aesthetic of the whole franchise. So I wanted to talk about CGI versus practical effects. And one man who knows an awful lot about this is Mr. David Cornce. And he's worked in special effects on some seriously big Hollywood movies. So hello, David, and welcome to the Indie 5 pod. Thanks for having me. So I, I gave you a little intro there. First of all, just tell us a little bit about what you do. What's your role and some of the some of the films that we'd all know that you've worked on? Sure. Um, so just to clarify, I'm no expert exactly on CGI, but I do work on the practical effects side of things. So because I do work on set, I can see the sort of uh, the harmony, if you like, between the SFX and the CGI and what's required to get both done at the same time. Um, so at the moment, I'm the special effects floor supervisor working on Sandman, which is a uh, Netflix and Warner Brothers co-production at Shepparton Studios. Previously, we've worked on quite a few uh, large films, as you say. So uh, we've did both the Wonder Woman films, Infinite, which has just been released as well. So there's some nice practical effects that we did in that. Um, Aladdin, the Disney uh, version. So uh, probably they're the most recent ones. And what's the usual sort of stuff you're doing? Are you? Are you? I, I take it you're you're sort of blowing stuff up and making things fall apart, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's not always <laughs> what we do. But no, that does uh, that does take up a certain section of what we do. But of course, that depends on the film. So there wasn't a huge amount of that in Aladdin, for example. Um, what, what we tend to do is uh, much more, I suppose, elemental effects. You could say so. Uh, our bread and butter would be creating atmospherics in front of camera, making it rain, making it snow, um, you know, lots of wind effects, uh, whether that be a gentle breeze or hurricane force gales, you know, that kind of thing. Um, they're all kind of our bread and butter um, bits and pieces. Um, but we also quite heavily do a lot of metalwork and fabrication. So it would be building rigs that's very specifically for something. So whether it's to uh, assist the stunt department, so, you know, they need an actor or actress to move from, one part of the set in a certain way to another part of the set, you know, we might assist in making a rig that would do that and facilitate uh, how that's achieved, you know. So when do you come into the process? When, when say, we've got a script um, and people are storyboarding things, when do you guys get brought into the process? Is it quite late on? Is it quite early on? So from my point of view, it, it's sort of as we start production, but um, I work for Mark Holt Special Effects. He's my supervisor. So from his perspective, he'll probably get involved quite early on in the process during the pre-production. So he'll be sent the scripts. We'll do the breakdown of the scripts. Every department will do this. And then we'll kind of go through and identify things that we can do, you know, practically. So we'll look at the script and say, oh, we can do this. It doesn't have to be CGI or it doesn't have to be X, Y, Z. We could do this practically if you want. Um, and then, you know, we point out everything that could be done practically. From a from a studio point of view, where where does the where does the money go? Is it in CGI or is it in practical effects? Which Which one do they tend to sway towards? I would say the chunk of the money, if you're talking percentages, is almost certainly CGI. That's the visual effects. Um, from an on-set kind of production process point of view, I think the special effects, it appears, are probably spending it quicker than <laughs> CGI, but we're spending it quicker, but there's less of it, if that makes sense. And it's obviously usually because everything that we do in front of camera is uh, all being purchased during the production process. Or the, or the prep process so whether it's valves or hydraulic hoses or you know anything along those lines just equipment that we need to get a specific gag done you know you're going to see that cost straight away but overall across the whole production uh, i mean visual effects almost certainly have to, the larger budget do you i mean you you obviously work in the practical effects world um is it just me well no it's not just me other people will say this as well the 
the effect you get from a practical effect just seems more visceral than CGI. Um, certainly to me, who's grown up with sort of practical effects, um, I, I, the example I will use to keep it in the indie theme is the truck chase in Raiders of the Lost Ark. The whole thing is done with stuntmen and, you know, there's no, there's no sort of fakery in there. There's no, there's no computer wizardry in there. It's all practical. And it's just one of the best chase scenes that there is because it feels so intense and real. It, I mean, in your view, is that, is there always going to be a need for practical effects? Because you can do anything with CGI, but it doesn't feel quite the same, does it? I, I do agree with you. I am slightly biased, like you say, because I do work in the practical effects industry. So, um, yeah, I do agree. I think when you do um, a practical effect on set that is almost, it's an interaction, isn't it, really, between not only the camera, but also the crew, but also the artists that are performing. And more often than not, I would find that I would expect at least it's easier for them to react to something they can see or hear or, you know, if there's an almighty explosion in the background, then you're going to, you're going to know. <laughs> uh, you'll probably react a bit more accordingly as to, you know, a blue screen. But, you know, some, some would argue, I suppose, that's just a performance thing. And if you're a good artist, then you, do you really need that? I don't know. I personally think it helps anyone, but that's not for me to say, I suppose. I guess it's finding that balance, that sort of synergy between the two. I mean, we, we some of the films you mentioned you worked on, say say Wonder Woman, for example, what was the sort of balance between practical and CGI in that? Um, I actually felt like it was quite good. Um, so when we were doing it, all the battlefield scenes, for example, are the first things that spring to mind. So when she's running from uh, through the trenches, you know, we had all all the HE pyro going off and the big bangs, um, the shield, all the hits on the shield and the, the shaking of the shield was all practically done. It was all rigs that were beautifully made by some of the crew um, under Mark Holt's supervision. And, uh, you know, it was just enjoyable. It was really, it was there, it was happening. There was smoke everywhere, there was fire everywhere, um, bangs going off, it was great. Um, in terms of the visual effects point of view, it's really hard to tell, obviously, when you're making films like that because, uh, they're obviously going to enhance it, but you don't see any of the bits. So you'll know you're filming a battle scene that's between this giant monster that obviously clearly isn't on set. <laughs> um, um, but you're you're kind of, we add what effects we can to make it seem like it's there. So whether it's a, a little blast of wind or the window shatter in the background, just to try and find that blend of the two, we obviously don't see what the final product's going to look like. So um, until it's in the cinema. I find it fascinating this idea of working with something and not knowing it's there sort of look talking to a tennis ball that kind of thing yeah um yeah it is it's quite a bizarre one but it seems to work obviously <laughs> and and one of the things that uh, is clearly going to happen on Indy 5 um is it looks like we're going to get a de-aged Harrison Ford now, this is obviously something that it's sort of an extension of makeup, isn't it? You can make someone look old with makeup, but making someone look much younger with makeup is quite difficult. And and we saw this with the Irishman, with Scorsese. He, he kind of, he'd been sitting on this film for years, as I understand it, because he just couldn't do it. And then we've kind of got to the point where they're almost like the technology is caught up with, with the director's vision. And do you know what? The CGI... Uh, the, the young de-aged faces in, in the Irishman, it didn't, it didn't bother me. Some people didn't like it, but it didn't bother me. But there was this talk of, I think the phrase was uncanny valley where people didn't look quite right. And I can kind of see that, but is, is there a risk do you think with um, something, a big 
franchise film like Indy 5 relying so heavily on this kind of thing? Because clearly with the face markers that Harrison Ford has on in some of the leaked pictures we've seen, something like this is going to happen. Is there, is, there a, is there a risk with it, do you think? Again, that's, that's such a difficult question to answer. I don't know. Um, I think the problem with that lies not in the fact that, as you say, the technology for CGI is caught up and CGI can do some incredibly brilliant things, um, you know, for the industry and for the storytelling process. Um, so it, it's hard. To, you can't really criticise CGI as a whole. But I, I do think, and again, this is only my personal opinion, that, as you say, the, the pushing the boundaries of technology so much that, for example, with the de-aging of the facing, there's something when you're watching it, at least for me, being involved in the production process, I know something's not quite right. Mm. Now, that might not apply to 80% of the audience, you know, people who, um, you know, don't really necessarily fully understand the filmmaking progress. They've just gone to the cinema because they want to be entertained. And, you know, what they see, it doesn't really matter. They just want to enjoy it. You know, so I suppose from that regard, it's hard for me to, to, to say. Um, but by the same token, I don't know, would it be believable? I guess it comes down to the whole suspension of disbelief thing, doesn't it? Where if you're if you're invested enough within that film within the first 10, you know, 15 minutes and you are just enjoying yourself so much, you don't really mind what happens. You know, you, you learn to forgive certain inadequacies. We all know that Harrison Ford um, is, a, is a more elderly gentleman now. So when you see him younger, we just we just know that's not how he is because it's it's modifying something that's real. So I don't know. It, it's hard to break that suspension of disbelief, I suppose, knowing what you know about the artist I, and the actor. Because I'm excited by it because I I I I love the idea that we're going to see some of Harrison Ford, you know involved in the war in some way but it's always felt like this was sort of out of reach because of his age and the fact that it would look weird so i'm kind of keen and he and he he looks after himself he's not built like an old man um yeah so i'm i'm keen to see how it works but you'll be pleased to know that in quite a lot of the leaked pictures we've seen they they appear to be blowing stuff up so uh <laughs> there still seems to be some some practical effects going on in there so just just finally, what um what have you got in the pipeline? Is there anything you can tell us about at all? Anything uh, coming down the way, or have you got to keep stum about it all? I unfortunately have got to keep stum about it all, which is oh. uh, which I know is no fun. But um, uh, the one thing I can say is that from currently, obviously, the pandemic's affected uh, a huge amount of industries and a lot of people. And thankfully, the from our perspective anyway, the film industry has made massive steps in making sure that everyone who is working on set and is working is working safely. So um, since we've been back, thankfully we've not really had, you know, any disruptions to filming and it does feel, I mean, I don't hate to use the phrase, but it does feel like there's a new golden age of film that's sort of in the making um, because there are just productions going on left, right and center. They're, they're all over the show. And, you know, it's, it's hard to find the skilled, uh, people uh, to be able to fill those jobs at the moment. It's, it's that busy, you know. Um, if there's any any crew that you know, I can almost certainly guarantee they're, you know, working um, hard on another production. So it's just hard to find the people. Our thanks there to Dave Corns for speaking to the Indy 5 podcast. And that's it for this week. We'll be back on Monday, the 5th of July, when the next episode is out. Please do get in touch on Twitter at Indy5Pod or you can email us 
indie5pod at gmail.com. And like I say, please do get in touch. And if you could rate and subscribe, it would be fantastic. Until next time. Thank you.